Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So, in preparation for our discussion today, I googled... And I've, I've said this so many times before, it's amazing what you can find and learn from just this simple search. So I started with the query. What is the most important form of technology that you need to run a business? The answer, get ready to write this down. It's going to be life-changing, a PC. Really? <laughs> so moving on, clearly a necessity, although I am a Mac person, so it didn't connect with me. So then I did another search. I said, okay, the five key types of business technology. The answer, okay, get ready. Phone lines, IT specialists and services, cloud storage, business class email, and business internet. Okay, no, duh. <laughs> and, and note that these are all things, right? So I checked the dates on these two searches, 2018. So think about that. So I moved on. I searched again, three times the charm, right? Another great article. And this time it was from 2021. And it stated, and this I thought really captured things nicely, the business world stayed pretty much the same for a century or so after the Industrial Revolution, but it's probably pretty safe to say that's never going to happen again, and it hasn't. The exponential rate at which technology is developing, mutating, and adapting, especially throughout 2020, is so fast that you can't help but be swept away in a tidal wave of progress, whether you're ready for it or not. I loved that. You might not think that we've come that far, but if you've had access to a time machine and you could go back to less than 10 years ago, so think about it, just 10 years ago, you'd be shocked to see that we did not have any type of a centralized work communication platform to maximize efficiencies regardless of location. So think Slack, right? or Microsoft Teams. The, the relative non-existence of new formats for marketing businesses like Instagram, TikTok, right? No internet of things or voice searches for products and information and no usage of short form video sharing for personal and business. So this was just but 10 years ago. So here's the epiphany. And I, and I had this and, and, and our three incredible guests were so patient with me as we, we were preparing for the show because I kept wanting to talk about like the coolest gadget. It's not. It's a concept. It's a business concept that you as a leader have to understand and embrace and embed in your job. Technology has changed every aspect of the way any business operates, and never before in history than in these past two years has that change happened so fast. It's mind-blowing. Um, you know, think about, like, the role that data and technology has played in our health, in our homes, in our jobs, in our business models. Data and technology helped to accelerate the development and launch of the COVID vaccines. AI is now being used to automate manual processes and to accelerate and deliver better analytics, increased productivity, and more real-time and accurate and personalized forecasting. We have robots that are now performing tasks in factories and DCs. And we certainly know a lot of this is being leveraged now to battle this supply chain challenge, which is now going to rename our Christmas season into Grinchmas because of the supply chain challenges. And yes, AI has clearly hit the headlines alongside with Facebook. And that's a whole other podcast. So as business leaders, you can see the endless possibilities of how data and technology can drive growth for business. But they're not things, they're concepts. 
most leaders tend to shy away from anything because if we can't completely understand it, like if we can't code it or build it or rebuild it, we can't do that clearly. So today, I've pulled in the most incredible group of technical thought leaders who are going to educate you on these three key concepts. Again, you're not going to learn how to code, so sorry if that's what you were hoping was going to happen, but you're going to learn what you need to know about these pivotal trends and how to leverage them in your job and lives. So let's get started. I am joined by Christy Eckert, partner and principal at EY, um, Navi Grewal, Master Brand Cabinet's Executive Vice President of Digital and Technology for Fortune Brands, and Beth McCormick, VP of Commerce and Customer Engagement Technology, Data, Analytics, and Engineering at PetSmart. And I'm Sarah Alter. I'm the radio show and podcast host for Advancing All Women and proudly the CEO and President for New. And we're going to get started. So welcome, everybody. Good morning. All righty. So I always kick our conversations off in this way. Um, Christy, let's start with you. Why is this topic so important to you, both personally and professionally? Well, thanks, Sarah. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. And thanks for providing a platform every week for listeners on so many important topics. Um, Awesome. Thank you. So for me personally, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sarah, is that technology is not only changing um, ever so quickly, it's it's everywhere. It's ingrained in our business, right? It's ingrained in our personal lives. And so for me as a consumer, um, technology is the tool that it enables. It enables my experience, right, in terms of how do I shop? How convenient is it? Um, how exp- how um, how seamless is the experience? So it becomes very personal and relevant, and it's all around. It's all around yeah. my personal life. And professionally, I, I um, being in professional services, I get the unique opportunity to spend time with so many different companies that are trying to transform, right? They're trying to accelerate their initiatives and improve their operations. And how do they reach the consumer faster, more convenient? And so while I have a technical background uh, and started off in a technical career, as I have evolved in my career, that's become much more business oriented. And so I get to solve those problems problems with companies every day, and I get to be a continual learner. So for me, it's extremely important to stay on top of what are the trends? How do I help integrate, right, that technology as a tool with what companies are doing, um, you know, from a creative perspective, from an innovation perspective, and and make that successful. So uh, it is very personal, and it's it's very relevant for me professionally. And, And you were a programmer, right? I, I did. I started I, off as a Java <laughs> programmer <laughs> 22 years ago, and I looked around and I thought, "Ooh, this this isn't for me. <laughs> I got to get out of the technical details." But in all honesty, it was a great it was a great training ground, and uh, I still like to tinker a bit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I, throughout my career, I have always bowed down and worshipped <laughs> anybody who can program, right? Because it was so not in my DNA. And no, and, and, and I loved what you said too about like, you just have to continually learn. Knowledge has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And gosh, we've seen that more than ever in these last two years. Um, Navi, thank you for being here. What, what has brought you here? Why join this conversation? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, Thank you, Sarah, for the opportunity. And of course, um, yeah. And Christy, you just hit it on the head, right? In our digital economy, the rapid evolution of technology landscape has become such an important strategic focus area for organizations, right? And it is causing disruption in our work and also in our personal lives. And the pace of change and the advancement that technology has enabled is just amazing. As we all know, right, as humans, we have to learn and unlearn constantly. Um, so one of the key areas of focus in my role is how can we reimagine our workplaces, right? How can we capitalize on long-term benefits of digital transformation? And how can we overhaul our legacy systems while anticipating technological shifts? Now, our charter is to lead the companies into the future. Um, and I would say in many cases, 
we are building and flying the plane at the same time. Oh, right? amen. Amen, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and technology is inevitably changing the way we live and work. Now, as you said, Sarah and Christy, we've already learned how AI and machine learning technologies are transforming the world of business, right? And I would say the transformation has just begun. And the early adopters understand the technology is still in its infancy stages and it's better for us to lean in on rather than to sit on the sidelines and miss the opportunity. And in many cases, right, you would see the senior leaders recognize that technological change is the biggest external challenge that we now face. That's why we're prioritizing technology and digital now as a core business function and doing so is allowing companies to be proactive and agile and ultimately give them an edge over competition. So for me, I would say personally, it's a very exciting time to make an impact, constantly learn and evolve as a leader. There is so much advancement constantly coming at you and challenging you, right? And our roles are now evolving from technology operator to business strategist, driving the business transformation. So I, I would say nailing down our business and the digital strategy is becoming really critical. Yeah. And doing so is a matter of staying competitive and relevant in some industries. But I would say in most cases, it's a matter of survival. Absolutely. Yeah. Beth, and, and I know you represent the retail world, which is, we all know how incredibly fast-paced that is. Why, welcome and, and, and share your um, you know, personal and professional connection to our conversation today. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's great to be yeah. here and never have to twist my arm to talk about technology. I'm <laughs> um, so passionate for all the reasons that, that Christy and Navi mentioned. But I think the, the my passion comes from really the business enablement. I mean, technology is a key to driving business outcomes and enabling the business. And that's where my passion yeah. um, for technology and retail, especially, I always say to the team, two of the fastest changing industries. And so I think the challenge that comes with that and the ever changing, it's not a world where you can look at what you did five years ago and apply those learnings. So I think the continuous learning, the continuous challenge and and really how it is key. I think technology spans, it's so critical despite, you know, no matter what your industry is, no matter what your role is in an organization, you know, you are leveraging technology in your daily lives, again, personally and professionally. And I think in retail, it sort of crosses because we're all consumers. So I love, I love being yeah. in that part because I'm a, I'm a huge consumer. Um, but I think to driving those experiences that customers have reducing, Christy, to your point, like those, how do we reduce friction? How do we leverage technology so we make it convenient? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we apply it um, to really help our pet parents? is what is exciting to me. And, and, and so i um, thankful to have the opportunity to, to share today. So it, it, as I shared earlier, as we were, you know, getting ready, all four of us for our discussion today, um, it was very, the, there, there were three clear concepts that, you know, floated up. Um, and the first is data. It all starts and ends with data. <laughs> um, so, so Navi, talk to us about, um, we talked about how it, it's, it used to be, we used to do batch reports and everything was, you know, backward looking, but it was like a day, week, months later, you know, talk to us about how that has changed. <laughs> uh, yes, Sarah, absolutely. So what I would say is data is undoubtedly the most important asset of a generation, right? And we've been talking about data for years, right? As you just mentioned. So when I started my first job about 20 years ago, I was with the data warehouse team um, working as a developer. And we at the time were pulling data via batch jobs on a weekly or a monthly basis. And to be honest, that was a big deal for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, my God, yes, we did it. Uh, so in today's world, we are talking about real-time data, right? If it is a few days or a few hours old, for some industries, it's not good enough. So our usage of data yeah. shifted from reporting past why things happened to now we're using data to predict what's going to happen. And the ability to 
the ability that it gives the businesses to make smarter future decisions, um, especially now that the pace of change is picking up and the importance of being informed and the ability to make the decisions with quality data is becoming a source of competitive advantage. So I would say data is now being seen as a strategic business asset at many organizations. Yeah. And we are all, I'm sure, same with you, Beth and Christy, we're all driving towards a data-driven culture, right? How can we spread strategic information and knowledge deep into our organizations? And another big change um, is that now there is so much more data. It's coming to us from everywhere and so yeah. much more complexity, right? So the experts believe that the term zettabyte, which is a billion terabyte of data, will soon be found in the corporate technology lexicon, right? By 2025, the prediction is that the businesses, along with the economies and the societies in which they operate, will be handling around 175 zettabytes of data. Zeta. Imagine, imagine that. Wow. Zettabyte, right? Is that, it's zettabyte. It, it, yeah. You know what, it's, and and I appreciate what you're saying. And, and Nave, I think you're also saying that I had worked with an incredible thought leader in one of my past adventures. And what she would say is, okay, don't just collect data for data's sake, right? Like what are the business questions you need to ask, right? What are the solutions you want to build or what are the decisions you want to make and how can data inform that? So it's it's like starting with that framework, right? And and data then feeds your gut, right? You hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm a you know, I, I use my gut to make decisions." Well, data feeds your gut, right? And so it's like you need to be strategic. That's incredible, um, Beth. Um, and, and we're going to go into the second concept then, and it's in connection with data, which is AI. So talk to us about how the how, how data and AI intersect. Okay. Um, so AI and ML, and everybody has heard those terms probably, but not um, truly a depth of understanding. AI stands for artificial intelligence. And so the easiest way to think about that is, is really we're teaching machines to do the critical thinking of humans. Like that is the overall artificial intelligence. So smart cars, your smart devices in your homes, those are all examples of artificial intelligence. Machine learning as when we teach those machines um, to think on our behalf. So examples of machine learning, um, one example for PetSmart or product recommendations. So we're going to look to like, what are you, what do other customers like you buy um, and present recommendations for additional purchases based on what we're learning about customer behavior. And I think, you, Sarah, you had mentioned everyone's, I'm sure, on a social media platform that's also being leveraged yeah. to drive that content. So. Yeah. You, you know, I tend to click on a lot of apparel ads, so it's, it's going to learn what types of brands that I tend to, to like and show me more content. So I think that's where machine learning comes to play because it's constantly learning um, from your behaviors and being able to, to serve up that content. Um, so hopefully that helps a little bit. I think another um, important part to that, too, is everyone also probably has heard of the Internet of Things. Um, and that is really around leveraging sensors to connect devices um, everyone, um, lots of listeners, I'm sure, will have a wearable um, that's tracking their movements and their um, fitness levels. Personally, my puppy Max has a wearable that tracks, you know, his activity level and alerts Ooh. us. Yes, um, <laughs> alerts us. Also, even alerts us. We had to take him to the vet recently because it alerted us that he was scratching more than normal. <gasps> um, so he definitely had something going on with his skin. So I think that's an example of that. And when we, like our personal lives, it's definitely um, throughout an industry leveraging an IoT device and machine learning on a piece of equipment, for instance, in our distribution centers can then predict when maintenance is required on that piece of equipment can maybe ultimately predict that there's going to be a failure. So there can be intervention. So that's where sort of the sensor on the physical device with the machine learning artificial intelligence comes together um, for those physical devices. So hopefully that helps um, provide some clarity to terms that yeah. we hear all the time and we're leveraging and seeing every day in our lives. Yeah. And that, that, that's where the concept of smart products is coming in, right? Every product is becoming smart now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And, oh. and, and here's my plug. All those cool pet gadgets can be found at PetSmart. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love it. Um, all right. So we've got just a couple of minutes before our break. But, um, but Christy, here's where I want to shift. Um, let's talk about how, you know, these, these concepts, right, you know, and data and AI and ML was used, you know, during the pandemic. But then you also now have these privacy concerns as well, right? So delve into that. We'll kind of wean our way into the break and then we'll let you finish after that. But please get us started. Um, absolutely, Sarah. And I, I think the pandemic just accelerated, right? Companies' initiatives in terms of their yeah. digital agenda, right? So we have talked about how d- data is so strategic. It's such a strategic asset. Um, and 71%, we did a recent survey on that, is companies are using that data, right? And analytics to speed up innovation. But with that comes a huge responsibility, particularly when you think about the consumer, because yeah. they are trusting you with their data to mm-hmm. have a better experience, to have a more personalized experience, et cetera. So, um, you know, while the pandemic, I think everybody was so focused on getting the products out the door and getting people what they needed, whether that was food or health, et cetera, um, we're starting to find that companies are taking a step back to say, what do we need to do from a security perspective? What do we need to do from a data privacy perspective? Um, what, What laws do we need to comply with depending on what regions we're in, what states that we're in, um, whether that's GDPR, that's CCPA, um, so companies are starting to, to kind of, I think, refocus there. Transparency is huge, right? Consumers want to know, particularly the younger generation, um, on what are you going to do with my data? Um, how are you going to protect the data? How are you going to collect mm-hmm. it? So that becomes increasingly important, not only from a privacy perspective, but it also gets into transparency of where does you know my apple come from, right? Down to like where is it grown, right? In what orchard, etc. So it's just Absolutely. it's so powerful. Um, but the most important, and maybe we pick up on this after break, Sarah, is the value exchange. So if I'm as a consumer going to give you my data, what's the value? What do I get from that? Um, and a lot of that comes to um, shopping. What promotions, right? What special deals am I going to get in exchange for giving you my data? Um, so we can talk a bit further about that, but just some initial thoughts that, that come to mind, Sarah, when you think about data privacy and security. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's do this then. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to put a pin in that. Christy, you're in the batter's box. (laughs) Um, But I want to thank everybody who's listened in so far to our Advancing All Women podcast. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. 
Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's N-E-W online.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter in the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined today by Christy Eckert, partner and principal at EY, Navi Grewal, Master Brand Cabinets, EVP of Digital and Technology Fortune Brands, and Beth McCormick, VP of Commerce and Customer Engagement Technology, Data, Analytics, and Engineering, PetSnart. And today's show, we are sharing the top three technology trends or concepts you should be aware of as a business leader. So, Christy, we we put a pin in it as we were going to the break, and we were talking about data privacy and the importance of that. Yes, and I think as we we had started talking it initially in COVID, right? And and COVID certainly has changed the perceptions of privacy um, because consumers were at such a rush to get their product. Um, you know, they were more willing, I would say, to to share their data, and so. As we looked at some of the data and even look at just health in general, right, you know, 64% were comfortable of having their, their temperature checks, right, to enter a store. That was important for them to physically get into a store, so they were willing to share that data. Um, 46% in a recent study we did were comfortable with facial recognition, whereas previously, pre-COVID, people were a little bit leery, right? Are you going to scan yeah. my face? Yeah. What are you going to do with that data, et cetera? But they were comfortable with that because... Because, you know, we talked about the value exchange. They could enter the store physically or they felt very strongly that it was going to help um, control the outbreak. So, they were doing their part socially as well. Um, so, that, that's on the health. But certainly picking up on the consumer um, side of it, it's, it's generally speaking in terms of their value is what promotion right? Am I going to get? Am I going to get right. a special deal? Right. Um, you know, will I get a tailored online experience if I share my data that they know that I love, you know, to eat pizza and oh, by the way, that means, you know, I love salads to go with it or whatever, right? The, the complimentary yeah. product would be. Um, they're willing to do that and share that. Um, they're willing to share kind of, you think about online grocery ordering. For me, that was huge. I didn't do that pre-pandemic, but now I do that that I share yeah. my data as yeah. part of that and it auto refills my cart and it gives me suggestions, etc. Right. Um, so that's extremely valuable to me as a consumer. But as mentioned, um, companies will need to continue to double down on what does that mean? Because the minute you lose that consumer's trust and you break that trust, um, oftentimes you can't get that that consumer back. Uh, so companies are really starting to think about the implications, right, of not being a good steward of their consumer's data. Well, and I wonder, too, if, um, you know, we've clearly seen that cultural shift, too, that I want to be more transparent when I'm at work. I want to be more Mm -hmm. open. I want my leaders to be more vulnerable. You know, I want my my whole self 
you know, to come to work. Has there been an increased trend in people being willing to share their demographic data, right? You know, it's it's before you had a lot of people say, not sharing that, not sharing that. And and now is you would hope that in, in that cultural shift, we're, we're going to see an increased willingness to say, oh, yes, here's how I identify myself, you know, because the more we can be transparent, the more we can as leaders and companies better serve individuals. Absolutely. Um, yes, I think to an extent, I think what I've seen more in, in kind of demographic data, uh, ethnic data, social orientation, it's there's we still have a journey to go um, because I think mm-hmm. being vulnerable in that capacity um, comes with, I think, additional considerations for that employee. Yeah. Right? Do they feel yeah. safe? Do they feel like um, the leadership's going to accept them, et cetera? So I think there's additional implications that goes with it with sharing like your actual personal demographic data yeah. versus just, hey, I'm going to share, you know, what I like and my preferences uh, with a company yeah. so that they tailor the experience to me. Yeah, so, and so I, uh, yeah. yeah, and I would agree with Christy, right? At a personal level, I would say we're getting more comfortable, but we are not all the way there, right? Yeah. So the confidence right. And one of the other important things, Christy, right, you mentioned that the security element is getting so important. It is becoming a board level topic now because yeah, all the absolutely. companies want to collect yes. data. And now it is becoming uh, a, an important topic and an investment area for the board too, right? That we want to explore in the services model and all that. And then to make sure how our companies are making the data secure to your point, Christy, to make sure yeah. that the customer is comfortable sharing that with us. Yeah. And it's definitely a top priority um, in my career in retail, especially at PetSmart, that that's top, top priority yeah. is the, yeah. the security yeah. of our data. Yeah. Well, hey, people's careers, right, have been derailed with data breaches. You know, we've read that all over the headlines, right? So it's, and and brands, right, Uh have, you know, clearly been negatively impacted by that. Let's shift into our third concept then. Data is queen, (laughs) Um, AI and ML, (laughs) that we are going to harness those two concepts to accelerate and optimize everything we do. But that third concept, and it's interesting because it's not really a new one, right? When that World Wide Web, (laughs) you know, was developed how many decades ago, you know, we learned to to leverage the digital (laughs) world, but now it's, I think, Navi, you kind of set the stage for it earlier. We're doing it at like an exponential pace, right? And what we're doing is we're taking the, the digital technology, that virtual experience to shift and transform our business models to be more service oriented and really using it to, to optimize that customer experience and journey. Um, so Navi, talk to us about how within Fortune brands you're seeing that come to play. Yeah. So, uh, so as you mentioned, Sarah, right, we're seeing new business models emerge, right, where the companies are now moving away from the product-first approach to a, to a consumer-first approach, right? And there is greater emphasis on the consumer experience, which in turn is leading into providing this whole ecosystems around a product, right? And the other important factor is even the consumers, they are demanding technology to be incorporated in their lives and into yeah. their homes, yeah. allowing them to have more control over their everyday life. So one of the examples that I would say in uh, Fortune Brand is our Moen brand. So that is the first to introduce smart technology for whole home, actually connected water product suites. So Moen is leading the way to giving consumers total control over the water that flows throughout your home via a seamless integrated smartphone app, which offers oh, wow. completely touchless and automated monitoring and even water shutoff capabilities. How many times have you walked into your home and you've seen a puddle of water on your floor? Actually, oh, yeah. four oh, yeah. months ago or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so imagine while homeowners go about their day, this system is working in the background 24 by 7 to monitor water risks and leaks and can automatically take action on your behalf. And it can shut out water and protect your home. So the uh, another great feature 
is that it gives you the ability to create personalized experiences, right? Users can set custom presets that control the exact temperature and the amount of water dispensed by their faucet. So you can customize that perfect shower to elevate the daily routines with a push of a button or the sound of your voice. So, and the other thing good about these kind of products is um, that along with giving you a great consumer experience, it is helping conserve our natural space resources. Just like thinking that. Space, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about my yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh Shutting God. off how much water they can use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I come up with my son all the time because he takes like this half an hour showers. I'm like, it's like 10 minutes and I'm going to shut it off for you. <laughs> I know. It's like, you're done. I can just see you, you know, with yeah, Chris, Christy and Navi with your, your, you know, with your phone, you know, you're That's done. Nice. You know, like, <laughs> it's well and, and 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 we joke too i know you both heard um well well first off okay we have nothing but moen in the altar house Ooh. love Ooh. that brand um and uh but no, but it's the same with like ring technology, right? You heard right. me say my husband and I have been <laughs> spying on our youngest when he was having late night adventures. Thank God for ring technology, right? Because it enables us to be better parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, my gosh. Yeah, no, no, you're right, Sarah, right? The, the possibilities are endless that we can create these ecosystems around products. And to be honest, we can beat the consumer experiences really well, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so Beth, I, I lied. I said I wasn't going to make you talk about the cool pet gadgets, but we, just, <laughs> we have to go there. And you already shared one, which is so fascinating about the, the collar, right, that, that monitors, um, you know, the, the behaviors, which I can, right. I can see just exponential applications to that. But, um, and any other concepts that you want to share, particularly more so from the PetSmart, you know, organization managing that customer journey and experience, right? Sure, Sarah. I think Navi and Christy both touched on it. I think one, like it's very customer centric. So I think that's where, I mean, retail's always been, but I think there's a heightened um, around yeah. convenience and personalization mm-hmm. that's really heightened. And from a convenience perspective, I mean, pandemic, we had to shift very quickly to, to provide curbside. Like it was, it was a matter of days Absolutely, um, that we had to shift for curbside. So back to the convenience perspective, mm-hmm. we had to expand our same day delivery um, and entered a partnership with DoorDash. So all of those things were driven very quickly by consumer behavior shifting. And so I think that focused on where do we need to be to meet the pet parent where she wants to be, um, as well as... Um, you know, we just launched buy now, pay later, because that is definitely a, a fast moving trend in, in retail as well. So that ability to shift with the customer at the center to be able to provide um, what she wants. I think on the personalization side, um, that is, and Nabi talked about the other piece, and it does tie back to data. Again, and personalization and service to the customer. So how do we know more so we make the content more relevant on the site? How do we make communications and offers more relevant, you know, sending me an offer for something that, you know, if, if sending me a cat offer when I own a, a dog is yeah. probably not going to really help me very much. So really doing those in service to the customer to help their experience be um, convenient for sure. I do think to your point on the devices, that is a ever up and coming kind of space. Um, mm-hmm. Again, wearable started for humans. And now I think as it yeah. continues, there will be continued application for those connected devices um, in this pet space as well. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting too because I I remember like in the earlier days, like uh, you know a gazillion years ago when Amazon you know first showed up, and they were probably one of the first to to personalize. I remember a friend saying, "Okay, I don't have kids, but I just so happened to buy some children's books mm-hmm. for a friend," and the. You know, the offers that kept showing up for months thereafter were for children's books. But now what I'm hearing us say is, oh, we're way past that because, you know, technology would go in and we'd collect data and we'd see that, you know, she only looked at it and ordered it once. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the next day or the next week, everything else she was not necessarily buying, but even just looking at had nothing to do with kids. So why would I keep showing that, you know, right. that children 
children's books offer. So it's like we are light years ahead, you know, in terms of the response time. Um, Christy, you you shared some stuff too or in our, our preparation about even just yep. in the office setting and security, right? I think in the, well, two things in the office setting, you're, you'll start to see more and more of this in terms of leveraging smart technology in conference rooms, particularly now that we're, we're coming back to a hybrid working model. Not all companies, right? Everybody has a different approach, but um, in general, we're seeing a lot of hybrid working. And so how do you leverage technology to really have that hybrid meeting when people are in in physically in a conference room Absolutely. and dialing in? You're also starting to see um, smart technology when you go through a security gate. So is there a future where there's no more need for security guards? You have facial recognition and that technology allows you to kind of enter in into that company's Mm -hmm. premise, obviously, through a whole lot of technology in the background and making sure that it's safe and secure. Um, But I want to pick up on, so Beth had mentioned when she started describing AI and and machine learning, and she touched a bit on kind of, it's really relevant in the warehouses too, right? In the supply chain. So the customer experience is the fun stuff, I think, because you all get experience that as a consumer. But from a business standpoint too, just thinking about improving operations, um, that stuff is super mm-hmm. relevant. Um, you'll see that in automated warehouses where they're using, you know, robots, physical robots. Now, you know, you look at Kroger and their Ocado, you know, automated customer fulfillment centers mm-hmm. um, that they're able to do that and, and think about that, right? Leveraging technology, and it still has a human component to it, but it's it's a real competitive advantage. Um, you look at there's an example of a grocer um, that has a robot that goes through the aisles to do inventory management. And so think about that um, from an out-of-stock perspective, mm-hmm. right? You're able to address them immediately versus using the, the legacy manual scan process, et cetera. So um, I love it because it's so powerful, not just from the consumer perspective, but how businesses are using that, um, you know, to feel growth, you know, to feel innovation, uh, to be more efficient, et cetera. So it's, you know, to Navi's point, it's endless <laughs> in mm-hmm. terms of the possibilities. Yeah, and, and I would add to that, Christy, that even the factory automation and a lot of stuff that w- we are doing in the warehouses, that ends up with, in the consumer experience too, right? Because Absolutely, yeah. Much better quality products, the yield is much better, we are mm-hmm. able to the consumers really quickly at the time they need it. Yep. So at the end of the day, even the internal automation and factory automations, they are leading the way to consumer experience, so... Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and to your point, possibilities are endless. Yeah. 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 I love that. I always love hearing endless possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let's shift to how, how can leaders then in organizations help, you know, female leaders who I said, not all, but sadly most female leaders are going to shy away from this techie thing, right? Um, my my daughter um, in her senior year at college, she was an English and philosophy major. And, and as parents, we said, okay, you're, you're not going to graduate unless you take at least one technology class. And so she signed up for poetry and Python. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? She loved it. And she got an A. She's like, just be prepared. I'm going to fail this class. She got an A. But but I think that the reality was it was like she was comfortable with the concept, you know. And, and so how I'd, I'd love to pick all three of your brains. What can leaders and organizations do so that women do embrace and seek you know, and, and not necessarily to be the EVP or, you know, or the VP of technology. You don't have to. Beth, I think you said it earlier, like every role in an organization, you, you have to figure out how technology, yep. you know, should be incorporated. So, um, it, it's, what, should, what should they do? We need one or two tips from each of you. <laughs> um, Beth, can we start with you? <laughs> sure. I mean, I think first to your point, Sarah, like, just don't be intimidated by it. I think, um, I know I mentioned on the pre-call, like I, my, my education is not in technology. And I think that's where, you know, and probably when I was in college, 
I would, if someone had told me I'd be a VP in IT, I, I didn't even know what that was back then. So <laughs> I think that, you know, first and foremost is to just, it, it's, it's learning like anything else, um, you know, whether it was, it, you know, whether it's your, your process of your role, but not being intimidated by it and just being curious about it. I mean, that's at the end of the day, um, yeah. you know, technology yeah. is, is, is just, it's a tool and be curious. And I think organizations can help learn, you know, help, you know, a, help women and, and help associates learn um, what's what's the critical pieces and, and how they leverage that their role. I think analytics, I think the there's some accountability on leaders in the analytics space. And I'm going to use a big word, the democratization of data. Oh, I um, love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so as leaders, how we, and, and it's part of our data transformation at PetSmart, that we make it so you don't have to be technical. You don't have to be in IT to actually get to the data, understand yeah. the data and leverage it. So I think that's where commitment from the leaders to, to, to those types of business self-service enablement pieces. Um, but I think it's, it's the both. It's the don't be intimidated by it. Just be curious about learning it. And then how do organizations make it so you don't have to be super techie to leverage some of the capabilities and in analytics. I mean, what we talked about today, it's all about analytics um, and then how we get more, yeah. more women to, to understand those concepts versus the true hardcore tech concepts. Which, which Christy, I, I I know this is embedded at EY, but it's mm-hmm. it's about then creating the the education, right? So, you know, Absolutely. every right every quarter, let's teach everybody this concept and then take it away mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, how you can apply it. Talk talk to us about like what, how EY tackles that. The first point I would say is in the biggest and the most effective, I think, is on the mentorship piece. And I think this is relevant no matter what organization you're in. So whether you are seeking a mentor, um, maybe in more of a technology role, whether that's technical or a business technical role, I think that's critically important. Equally, though, for female leaders, um, reverse mentorship. So if you don't have the knowledge in a specific skill, right, machine learning or analytics, and you want to learn a bit more, seek Absolutely. out those, those individuals individuals that do have that skill, because I think it's a two-way exchange and there's there's real benefit um, from a learning perspective. And then, Sarah, to your point at EY, talent is our asset. Um, so, we, we spent a lot of time in terms of learning and development, uh, a little bit of a plug. You know, EY took a, a, a really cool approach a couple of years ago where they created this badge system. So, you can earn technical badges and it, it's, you know, a, a silver, bronze, or a gold, and you can go as deep as you want, but it gives leaders like myself the ability to say, you know what, I want to do, I want to learn a little bit more about cloud services. Yeah. And so, I can go and I can learn about yeah. that um, I and that. I can get as deep as I want. And they've also created more of an executive leadership program to learn about disruptive technology, right? doesn't get into the nitty gritty, but it's just, here's the lens that you should be thinking about technology technology from. Here's the questions you should be asking. Here's the research you should be doing. Uh, and that's been extremely um, effective and really well received from the leadership team at EY. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, no, and no doubt you're a gold badge owner. <laughs> well, I, I wish I was. If I had the time, Sarah, yes. <laughs> no, but I do... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry I was Sarah. just going to. Oh, no, no, no. Beth, yeah. please. <laughs> I was just going to, on Christy's point about mentoring, I do think that is a gr- yeah. that's a great point yeah. of, again, yeah. back to kind of the not being intimidated. But I've had lots of really successful, strong leaders come from the business and in, into IT that started out of just having those exploratory conversations around what does it mean to be Love in it. IT and do yeah. I bring the skills? And, and again, some of my strongest leaders came from the business. Yeah. Um, I love that. Navi, please, please round us out here. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was going to build on Beth's um, uh, topic about uh, the business. Com- uh, a lot of people coming from the different functions and businesses into IT. So the the other important thing is to remember that this whole old paradigm of IT being a field of hardcore technical skills is shifting, right? So as I said, right, we are becoming the whole function is becoming more of a strategic function. So um, I also mentor a lot of women and it is interesting when I talk to them about my role and what it means, they are still like surprised that is that what technology and is that what that's doing, right? 
So I think in my role that, wow, everyone knows what my what technology is, what digital is, but you'll be surprised to know that not a lot of people still understand that this is not a hardcore technical field. It is strategic. There is actually creative thinking that is needed here. So that shift is happening yeah. and it's happening yeah. very fast. And yeah. it's up to us. Uh, yeah. Yep. And not yeah. And Navi, I like to say that, you know, we're business leaders that happen to specialize in technology. <laughs> that's so, great. You nailed it. That's that, I know that is the perfect way to position it. Right. And and I love what you've all said, which is, hey, volunteer to be on a project, mm-hmm. you know, um, network with somebody who's in a technical role, you know, seek that reverse mentor. Heck, that's how I learned TikTok. Right. You know, it's like, so it, no, this is, you've been fabulous. Thank, thank you so much to all three of you for, for joining us today. Um, I I clearly have learned (laughs) in, in getting to know you. Um, So I want to thank our audience. Thank you. Our treasured audience. We love it when you come every week and listen in. Um, we are over 17,000 listeners. Um, and as I already said, I want to thank these incredible leaders today for sharing their perspectives and stories and advice with us. And I always want to thank Voice America for giving me and new the platform to share our voice and our mission with all of you. So join us next week. You're going to hear about alternative paths to becoming a CEO or president. To learn more about NEW and listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. And again, every week, and I haven't heard from anybody, huge favor, um, we would love to hear your thoughts on what types of topics you want us to cover. Please reach out at connect at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.